Welcome to the Simply Resilient podcast, episode number 81, Discovering Creativity. My name is Jessie Ellertson, and I am a certified life coach and a military wife who is in the trenches of life with each of you. This podcast is for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of deployments and frequent trainings, but want to improve the experience that they are having in the process. If you are ready to thrive while your husband is away, then you are in the right place. Hey, you guys. So I have an episode for you this week that I'm excited to share with you. I am hosting another challenge weekend this weekend in the Brave Crate community. I know I've talked about Brave Crate before, but I'll just mention it again. I actually work for Brave Crate now, which is amazing and I'm loving it so much. I am the Brave Crate private Facebook groups community manager, and that's you get invited into that group whenever you are subscribing to the Brave Crate deployment countdown subscription box. So that is the main thing that Brave Crate does is this awesome deployment countdown subscription box for military wives who are going through deployments. And it's such a fun way to count down and it helps time move more quickly. And it's always giving you something to look forward to. And then the amazing bonus on top of all of that is that you get to go into this private Facebook community and just get tons of love and support and discussion and camaraderie and connection with other people going through exactly what you're going through right now as far as solo parenting and deployments and and everything. It's so awesome. So I love being involved in that group and in that community. These women are incredible. And every couple of months I'll be hosting the challenge weekend that we do every month. So sometimes it'll be Becky, who is the creator and founder of Brave Crate, Becky Hoy. So she hosts some of the challenge weekends and then I host some of the challenge weekends. So this weekend it's my turn and I am hosting. um, And the theme of the month is creation. That was the theme of the box this month. And the theme of the challenge weekend is discovering creativity. And as Becky and I were talking about it, we decided that we wanted to discuss with these women a common problem that we have during deployments, which is where we're trying to balance staying busy and helping time move quickly without overwhelming ourselves and getting over busy, right? Like too busy. You don't want too much downtime, but you also don't want to overbook yourself so that you're, you know, stressed and and overwhelmed. And so because of that, the very common recommendation in kind of the the military deployment community is people will say, oh, you know, just stay busy to get through it, right? Like stay busy to get through the deployment. But we wanted to just get into that to see what it really meant to stay busy, why sometimes that totally backfires and makes us more stressed, why that advice can be hard to hear sometimes, why the whole concept of staying busy and how we fill our time can be overwhelming and, and all that that involves. And one way that I wanted to really come at this issue was finding like productive, enjoyable, and really reasonable creative outlets and and kind of guiding these women to find that for themselves. So that's what I want to talk to you about today to just go over kind of what we've been talking about in the challenge weekend this weekend, because really this applies to everybody. Um, In the challenge weekend, I'm definitely framing it in terms of deployment, which is one of my focuses for this podcast. But whether you're in a deployment season or not, or even whether you're a military wife or not, I think it can be really valuable to understand our desire to create and where we feel we're at with our creativity and why it can feel so good when we've got it where we want it and why it can feel and why it can be really challenging when it's not going the way we want it to go. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is how as humans, we are designed to create 
it's just something that's built into us. And what's tricky about this is there are some things that we commonly will consider like, oh yeah, creative activity or a creative outlet. And a lot of us, when we're good at those things, we'll make sure, oh yeah, I, you know, I love to cook, I love to sew, I love to paint, and I make time for those things, and I do them, and that's my creative outlet. But so many of us don't have just, let's see, aren't interested in or aren't talented at those typical activities. So then we tend to just think of ourselves as not a very creative person. But I am here to tell you that there are so many things on that list of creative outlets that we don't right now with a, with a limited definition of what would be on that list. We're not making room for all these other activities that can actually go on that list and can fulfill our, de our desire to create. And one thing that I have come to know and that I've been talking with these ladies about this weekend is that when we find ways to create, to really fulfill that creation desire in ourselves, it builds us up and energizes us. And when we're feeling, you know, over busy, overwhelmed, tired, and drained, it's typically because we're staying busy or we're filling our time with things that are more just like distractions rather than um, making time for a little bit of that creativity. So this can sound overwhelming and I don't want to take away your distractions from you necessarily, but I want you to understand that when that, that those two things get out of balance and the, what we call it in the life coaching world is finding that balance between creation and consumption. When those two things get out of balance, that's when we feel drained and depleted. We don't need to stop consuming. Now consuming is when, you know, kind of those distraction things, right? It's when we, it's when we consume what other people have created. So it might be watching TV. It might be, you know, listening to uh, a podcast. It might be listening to music or even, you know, attending a, a play or a comedy show or something. All of those things are really enjoyable. But if we're mostly consuming and not doing a lot of our and not doing much of our own creating, that's when it can really feel out of balance. So there's a great podcast episode on this from Jodi Moore um, in her Better Than Happy podcast. And it's episode number 61 where she talks about creation and consumption and really just understanding what it means to create even in less conventional ways, right? If, if some of those common ones aren't our strengths and making time, making it a priority to make sure that you are spending some of your free time creating and then still allowing for plenty of consumption, but just looking for that balance between the two. So I highly recommend you go listen to that episode. So once we start to wrap our minds around this and open up to making creation a priority in our lives, we start to really be able to think about what helps me in this creative process? What like promotes success in this area? And one thing that I love to work with my clients on is creating feelings, right? And one feeling that I love when it comes to creation is feeling inspired. I love to feel inspired when I'm creating, no matter what I'm creating. That is just such an awesome, conducive environment to really enjoying that creation process. And we know that we create feeling inspired by what we're thinking. And so just start to open up to when I felt inspired in the past, like what was I thinking? Or what do I need to be thinking in order to feel inspired right now? And that can really help open you up in that creative process. Another thing that helps us have success in this area is just being willing to do some things. We need to be willing to try new things. We need to be willing to be bad at it at first. We need to be willing to try things again. We need to be willing to ask for help from other people. Ask people to teach us how to do something that they're good at. We need to be willing to say yes when opportunities come up. We need to be willing to get out of our comfort zone. All of these things just take a little bit of extra effort and intentionality, 
but when we're willing to do them, just whole worlds open up to us, which is so exciting. So I want to tell you a little story here. Several years ago, I was in the car with my kids and a couple of my nephews, and I had my my nephew Daniel sitting next to me in the front seat, and he was just wanting to make conversation, and he's a super awesome kid, and he turned to me and he said, so Aunt Jessie, what do you like to do for fun? And I was able to turn and answer him, but in that moment, something like clicked in my brain. My, I feel like my life like zoomed in. This all happened in like half a second that I just thought, I have no idea. I don't even know what I do for fun. And I realized in that moment, and it wasn't like a brand new realization, but it just all came to a head for me in this moment that I realized that I had kind of lost myself a little bit between, you know, being married, having lots of kids, going through deployments, pieces of you just get let go of over all of that in order to make room for all the things that you're needing to do and wanting to do and certain pieces of you where you used to, you know, make time for things that you love to do start to just fall away if you're not, if you're not careful. So in that moment, I was able to turn to him and say, you know, I, I love to read and I love taking naps and I was able to just to give him a few answers like that and things that I do enjoy, those were, that was true answers for me, but it really sparked something inside me to realize like I am not making time for doing what I actually love doing. And those answers I gave him and the way that I was spending my free time at that moment wasn't because those were my favorite things to do, but those were just the things that felt easy and available to me in those moments. Whenever I would have a quiet moment here or there, I would think, oh, I'll just read a book. Oh, I'll just take a nap. Oh, I'll just watch some TV. Like I do enjoy those activities, but it, I was really just choosing them not because they're my favorite things, but because again, they were just what felt available to me in those moments. So this kind of lit a fire under me to make room in my life for more things that I love to do. And then again, like I was saying, make room in my life to try new things and figure out if there's any new things I love to do, you know, pick back up some of the old things that I knew that I used to love to do, try new things, take things that I had been doing and just spend more time doing them so that I could get better at doing them. It is definitely more fun to do things that you're good at doing, but often we can't get good at doing something unless we spend time doing it. We're definitely told to do more of what we love and that is a great sentiment and it's what we want to do, but it can be a daunting thing to identify what you love to do and especially during you know, challenging times in your life or during times where your resources, you know, time, money, things like that feel low. That might be during a deployment, that might be just when you have lots of little kids or both, <laughs> that it doesn't feel like you have a lot of options, but I want to start to open your mind up to all the ways that you can fulfill this creative desire in you by just making a little room for it and making a little plan and a small amount of intentionality and just doing a little bit of guiding in your life and it's going to all open up. It feels so good. So there's a couple of lists that I want you to make either right now while you're listening to this, or if you're not able to write anything down right now, you can do this later. But I want you to first make just kind of like a big master list of anything that you have interest in. It can either be mild interest or intense interest. It can be things that you've already done and you know you like, or things that you think you might like that you want to try that you haven't tried yet. It can be things that you tried and liked, but were bad at. This is just kind of your master inspiration list and just be kind of continually adding to this anytime, you know, you might be on Facebook and see like, oh, they went and did ax throwing. I want to try that and just add it to your list. Okay. 
And then as you're making plans, you can always go to this list for ideas because right in the moment when we're just like, I want to do more of what I love, our brain kind of freezes and it's like, I don't even know what I love to do. I don't even know what I would try, you know, but as soon as you start making these kinds of lists, then, and you're able to just add to them, then in the moment when it's time to try something new, you're not just in that freeze moment of, I, I don't even know what I would do. You know, you've got this list of things that you either want to try or want to try again, things you know you love, all that. So that's the first list I want you to make, just kind of that master list. And then in order to kind of get a hold of where you're at on your creation and consumption, I would make a little list of ways that you've been spending your free time, maybe just like in the last couple of months, take two or three months worth of time and just make a little list of how am I spending my free time right now? And it might, you might find that it's a little bit like I did in that moment where, you know, you're doing some things that are, you know, mildly interesting to you, but you're not really stretching yourself at all. And those maybe feel like the only things available to you. And maybe a lot of them our consumption. There's not a lot of creation going on. And when you make this little list of the way you've been spending your free time in the last couple of months, then I want you to categorize that small, that list there into creation and consumption to kind of get an idea of if you're out of balance there. And I want you to know very normal to get out of balance in this area. And it's just good to know when you look at that list and you might see, okay, I've got a lot more consumption than creation. I want you to encourage yourself to just think good to know. That's probably why I've been feeling a little depleted lately. I'm doing way more consuming than creating. And then just start to adjust that list a little bit. Just decrease your consumption just a bit and increase your creation just a bit. And you'll immediately feel the benefits of that. And then it will inspire you to do that even a little bit more and a little bit more until you've got that list where those two categories are balancing more. And then the next list I want you to create using that master list as inspiration is I want you to make a list of things that you that, that either you're like passionate about or super interested in. And then I want you to make another list of things that you're really good at. Like you've got experience doing it. You've got even expertise and ability doing it. You know, so you kind of have this list of things you love to do and then list of things you're good at doing. And I want you to start to find where these lists overlap a little bit because that's a great place to start. We don't have to be great at doing something but it definitely makes it more enjoyable, at least when you're getting going in this area. And we can learn to feel more passionate about the things that we're great at doing because we don't always love the things that we're good at doing, but that all takes place in our thoughts and our feelings. So that, that's a place to head towards, but where we're going to start right here is finding something that we love to do and we're great at doing it and then making more time for that thing. And then as you progress in this area, you can start to really stretch yourself and say like, okay, what about this thing that I, I'm good at doing, but I don't love to do? Can I learn to love it more? Okay, what about this thing that I love to do, but I'm not very good at it? Can I work on it more and get better at it? Okay. Now, some questions you might ask yourself as you make these lists to get your brain working and to get the brainstorming happening is like, what do I find myself talking about a lot? What memories of things that I've done come up for me a lot? What do I miss doing? What are some things that I care about deeply? What are some activities that I do where time just flies? What are things that, I, that I've done in my past that just make me feel alive? That can be a really helpful way to start to get those ideas flowing and, and, and work on those lists. And when we do this, I want you to see that that definition of creativity and creation 
is broadening for you, I'm hoping. Because when you start to categorize basically everything you do in your free time into either creation or consumption, I want you to see that if it's not consumption, it is a creative outlet. Even if it is really like unconventional activity that isn't normally considered creative. I want you to start to ask yourself, in what way am I creating something here? In what way is this creation? Is this a creative outlet? So I want to give you some examples here in this uh, final part of the episode. After having this important discussion with my nephew, I decided that I was done like losing myself in my life, losing myself in babies and deployments and my house and my marriage. I needed to bring some Jessie back into it because pieces of her had fallen away and fallen away and fallen away. And I wanted to bring her back and I knew it was up to me. So I started to make some lists, just like I'm telling you about now. And this was not just like a one day thing or even like a one week or one month thing. This really happened over quite a bit of time that I would add to my list and then start to look for opportunities to implement these things just slowly and reasonably reasonably back into my life. And a couple of the things that made it on my list right away were working with flowers, um, playing piano and singing, and scrapbooking. Those were a few things that in my previous life I had loved. And at this point in my life, I was making no time for. So I just started to watch for ways that I could implement these things into my life. And I wasn't sure how to do it. It took some time. So I want to really just go into this flowers example, because this is one that really exemplifies what I'm trying to teach here. Basically, uh, I had worked in a flower shop as a teenager And then we moved and I got another job in a flower shop. And then I graduated from high school and took floral design classes and and so on and so on. And I just fell in love with flowers. I didn't know I would love working with flowers. I didn't know when I when I first got that very first job, I was just a teenager looking for money. Right. And then so I tried out this thing and I was I was okay at it. Like I wasn't great at first. It took some time to get good at it, but I immediately started to build interest in it and then ability and experience. And then it turned interest turned into passion. And then I kept doing it and kept doing it. But in my adult life, I just hadn't made room for flowers in my life because really, how could I? So I knew this was on my list. And I knew I wanted to make room for it somewhere, somehow. And I just started to go to work on that, problem solving that. And I would think through it and I would think, well, I don't want to start a floral business. I actually knew some friends who had done that and um, it would be super fun. But I already had some other businesses going and I didn't want to add another entrepreneurial adventure. And I thought, well, I also don't have time to like work in a flower shop And then I was thinking, well, you know, I could just buy myself flowers like once a month and just kind of work with those and maybe that'll be enough. But I thought, no, I really want to like arrange flowers and and get into it, like really get into it. So one day I was walking in our local grocery store out here in Eagle Mountain. It's called Ridley's and it has a floral department. And I, I did not have this solution or plan in mind just that day because I was watching for how I could fit this in my life. I walked past the floral department and my, it just clicked. And I thought, huh, I wonder if they would let me ever just come in and volunteer. I don't have time to work there on a regular basis, um, but I would love to just come in on a semi-regular basis and just help them out. You know, I don't need that. They don't even need to pay me. I would seriously love to just volunteer. And so I walked up to, I, I honestly had no idea if this was a ridiculous request or not, but I walked up to the lady who was working behind the counter that day. And I just said, do you ever take like volunteers? I would love to come and work with flowers. I have quite a bit of experience, but I'm like a stay-at-home mom of six little kids. I don't have time to get like a job here. I just want to do it here and there just for fun. And she was just, it wasn't a ridiculous 
question to her at all. She was just like, absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. And then she pulled out this list of people of her like temporary, her, sorry, of like her temporary employees. And she said, we have super busy holidays that I just call everyone on this list and say, Hey, can you come in and work for like two days for me? And uh, help me, you know, process all these extra orders that we have, you know, so for example, like Valentine's Day and Mother's Day and prom and Christmas, right? There's just certain times throughout the year that are big flower holidays. And she's like, do you want to be on my list? And I said, that'd be amazing. So she put my name on the list. And like a month later, it was Mother's Day. And she called me and said, hey, can you come in? And and like a month later, it was Valentine's Day. And she called me and said, hey, can you come in and help me out? I, I've got lots of orders. And I need extra people. And I said, absolutely. And I got some childcare for a couple of days. And I went and worked long, full, awesome days at the floral shop, making just a million different arrangements and just soaking it all in, having so much fun. I loved, I loved it. I loved it. And I was so happy to have found a way to get it back into my life. And then a couple months later, it was Mother's Day. She called me again and I went back in and did it again. And then a few months later, it was another thing and another thing. And it has been amazing. I've been doing this for a couple of years now, just going in three times a year, maybe. It really doesn't even have to be like it's only worth doing if I'm doing it on a daily or a weekly or even a monthly basis. I just know whenever I think about what I do for me now, and how much I love flowers, I think, how cool. I, I do flowers. I make time in my life for flowers. And I get all filled up in that whole flower department by going in and doing this every few months for two days and getting like my cute little paycheck. I mean, I would do it for free, honestly, but it's fun to get a little paycheck from giving them 20 hours of my life or whatever it is, you know? And it fills me up. It's a creative outlet for me. And that is definitely an activity that's probably considered more more standard in the creativity department. But there's definitely, but now I want to give you some examples of things I've found since I started doing this that fill me up just like flowers, but would not, in my opinion, would not be considered, you know, conventional creative activities. And I've been able to find these things and identify them as things I do for me as creative outlets because I'm watching for it now and I'm making room for it and I'm looking for more ways to just make time for what I love to do. So one day I was proofreading my daughter's paper and I remembered as I was doing it that I love to proofread. Whenever I'm reading a book, I love finding typos. I don't know why it's just so fun to me. I used to love to proofread people's papers back in college and high school even a little bit. And for whatever reason, I'm just a nerd about grammar and punctuation. And it's just a lot of fun for me. And so because I'm watching for things that I love to do, I thought, hmm, I guess I love proofreading. That could be a creative outlet for me. And so then I started to watch for opportunities where I could do some proofreading. This one is a little bit unique, a little bit outside of the norm for creative outlets. And not one that I would think of when I would think, what do I like to do in my free time? I would never think proofreading, but because I was watching for it, I found it. So I had remembered that I'd had a friend on Facebook who was writing a book series and had started out by self-publishing the first couple of ones until it got picked up. And I think he was on his third book at this time. And I reached out to him and I just said, hey, if you ever need help editing your books, I love to proofread and edit. And he said, absolutely. And like within a day, he sent me an advanced copy of the, of the book that he had just finished. And so then I had so much fun over the next you know, week or so reading his book and 
proofreading it and sending in my notes. And I, I don't get a lot of opportunities for that one, but it was fun doing it then. And now I look for opportunities. So like my niece recently wrote a book. She's 11. So it's just amazing. She wrote a book just kind of for herself. I don't know what she's going to do with it, but it's super awesome. She's very talented. And so I said to her, Hey, can I read your book and edit it for you and give you my thoughts and my notes? And she was thrilled. She's like, absolutely. And that's been another really fun one. Okay. The last example I want to give you for just looking for this joy in your life, looking for these things that make you feel alive, that bring passion. And it's interesting how we might consider these creative outlets as just hobbies, but these two categories, creative outlets and hobbies really are kind of just one category. But I just want you to start to broaden your mind of like, in the past, I may not have even considered myself a creative person, but these hobbies that I enjoy, these, this way I like to spend my free time, when I let myself think of this way, I can see the creation in it. So I want you to start to just let those two categories almost mix together. But this last one that I want to share with you is one that I recently discovered that if I had to guess, I would not have guessed I would have enjoyed it. And I loved it. And this goes back to just like being willing to say yes to opportunities, being willing to try things, even if you're not sure if you'll be good at it, even if you're not sure if you'll like it. Because the way that we figure out if we're going to like something and the way we find new things, new hobbies, new creative outlets that we love doing is just trying things. And as adults, I think that we don't realize how infrequently we try new things. We get good at doing what we are good at and good at doing what we've always done. And we kind of can get a little stuck there. So as soon as you open yourself up to being willing to try new things, like for example, with the flowers as a teenager, I was just like, well, I need a job. So I went and got a job doing flowers and I've never done flowers before. And that is like a more normal experience for younger, you know, teenagers, single people of, of just being willing to try new things and get trained at the thing. And, but as adults, we, we don't do that so much. So earlier this year, I've talked about this a little bit, but I'm just going to tell you this quickly again, this story. Earlier this year, uh, my I signed my son up for junior jazz basketball, which is just uh, our recreation level basketball here. And he's in third grade. And they sent out an email saying, we have an assistant coach, but we need a head coach. Would any of you parents be willing to coach the team? And for some reason, right in that moment, I was just like, that'd be kind of interesting. Maybe I'll try that. So there were actually a couple of things going through my mind at that moment. Part of me was like, hmm, that'd be kind of fun, kind of interesting. And part of me was like, there's no way I could do that. First of all, I'd be terrible. I'm not an athlete, right? Like I'm not good at basketball. Second of all, it's like 10 third grade boys. That's not going to be fun. Let's not do that. And the other big one for me was like, I don't have time for that. Or I, I wouldn't be a good coach because I'd be late. That's one thing I struggle with is being late to things. And as the coach, you can't be late. You can't be late to practice and late to games. You've got to be there. You got to be the first one there. So there was definitely a part of me that was like intrigued and interested. And then a part of me that was like, that won't work. But then I found out that my friend was the person who had volunteered to be the assistant coach. So I knew that our sons were going to be on the same team. And I was really excited about that. But when I found out she was the one that said, I'm willing to be the assistant coach, but not the head coach. I was like, oh man, we are going to coach together. This will be so fun because she and I, we get along so well. I love hanging out with her. And once I knew we could be like co-coaches, I was like, okay, I'm in. So I told them I would do it. And we 
ended up having just like the most fun season. I loved those boys. They got like way better throughout the season, even though I'm not an athlete, right? I am not great at basketball, but I'm great at teaching kids and coaching them and cheering them on and getting them excited and also, you know, being firm at times. Like I'm a parent and I'm a life coach and I love to talk and I love to be loud and all of that just works well for coaching kids at a recreation level in whatever sport they're doing. And I loved having the one-on-one and I loved having that one-on-one time with my son. You know, I know there were other kids there, but he felt special. Like my mom's the coach and I was at every single one of his practices and every single one of his games, which is not common when I'm not the coach. It was just an amazing experience all around. I truly loved it and I had no idea I would love it. And so within like a couple weeks of that season ending, another opportunity came up. I had signed my girls up for, I have an eighth grader and a ninth grader, and I signed them up for a seven to ninth grade recreation volleyball team. And the email went out and, and I've been getting this email all through my kids doing sports of just like, hey, we need a coach. And I just always say, oh, that's not for me. But that email went out again saying, hey, you guys, we need a coach for your girls' volleyball team. They send it out to all the parents. That's how they do it at the rec level if nobody just immediately volunteers. And I just emailed back saying, I'm happy to do it. And I was building on the experience that I'd had with my son, which is also valuable. And I went into it and I had learned so much coaching my son and brought that expertise into this next experience. And again, just had so much fun with my girls, so much fun coaching them. They really improved over the season. We had a ton of fun. We lost some games. We won some games. We learned a lot. And it's just been one of my favorite things. And I consider this a creation activity. I consider this in my column. If I'm categorizing creation and consumption, I consider this something I spend my free time doing that is a creative outlet for me. Very unconventional way to call something creativity, but I am creating an experience for them. I'm creating an experience for me. I'm creating habits and I'm creating opportunities and just it's creation. It's creation all over the place. It's definitely not consumption and it filled me up. I loved doing it. I felt so alive. I felt excited. And there were even parts I didn't, I didn't totally enjoy doing, but that's fine. That's how all things are, right? All things will have pieces of it that we don't love, but then big pieces of it that we do love. Anyway, amazing experience. So those are the examples that I wanted to share. And I just want to wrap up this episode by finishing up with talking about making time for these things. So as we look for the opportunities, we will find them. And as we begin to make it a priority to make time for things that you love to do, it will begin to fit into your everyday life. You'll be amazed to see that you didn't think you had any time, but what we often don't realize we're doing, there's this little phrase that I learned and it it fits so perfectly. Are you scheduling your priorities or are you prioritizing your schedule? And when you start to get clear on what that means, if you're just simply prioritizing your schedule, then you're just looking at your week and you're seeing what got put there and you're making room for whatever is there, but you're not taking the things that are a priority to you and scheduling them into your week. I want you to figure out what's a priority to you, whether it's work, kids, hobbies, creative outlets, exercise, all these things. I want you to take the things that are your top priorities, like maybe pick your five top priorities, and then you schedule those into your week. And you say, I love playing the piano and I play it every morning at nine o'clock for a half an hour. Because if you don't schedule that in, it's just not going to happen. If you just say to yourself, If there's ever free time, then that's maybe when I'll play piano. 
There's just going to be a lot of other things in that moment when that free moment pops up and it will random free moments will pop up, but I don't think you're going to pick piano over, you know, getting a little bit more work done or sneaking in a nap because you didn't get enough sleep last night or, you know, maybe even just like watching a little TV because you just need to relax, right? It's hard to choose piano in a random unscheduled free moment, but if playing piano is a priority to you, simply schedule it into your day, schedule it into your week. And that's how you'll make it happen. And that's how you'll fit these things, these priorities into your everyday life. And even if your life currently doesn't feel like it has free time, I want you to think about scheduling your priorities versus prioritizing your schedule. The last thing that I want to offer you is that if you're wanting to have more joy and passion in your life, one more piece of this is to take the things that you're already doing and seek to find the joy in each thing. So Jody Moore talks about this and she she loves to find ways to make things fun. Things that she typically wouldn't think are fun, but then she loves to stretch her brain and challenge herself to make the things that she's already doing in her everyday life, like even dishes or vacuuming or changing diapers or whatever it is, she wants it to be fun. She loves things to be fun. And so she loves to find ways to make even things that seem very unfun, even just a little bit fun. And this is another thing that we can definitely task our brain to do is to say, find joy in even the smallest things um, and things I'm already doing. Like if you feel like you don't have time or room in your life to add joy, you do, by the way, with what I just talked about, but also you can start just adding a little bit of joy to your life by finding joy in the things that you're already doing. So we kind of brought that full circle of creativity fills you up and inspires you and energizes you. And if you're not making time for creative outlets in your life, just decrease your consumption just a little bit, increase your creation just a little bit and feel that difference. Be willing to try new things be willing to make time in your schedule for it by scheduling the things that are a priority to you and find just those small ways to bring you joy. We are all creative people and some some of us just didn't even know it. We all feel the call to create, but we may have just been calling it different things. So that is what I have for you guys today. If you're ready to take what you are learning here to the next level, then join me for resiliency training. This is my monthly coaching program that includes a private coaching session with me each month, along with weekly content and individual email support. Start anytime for just $100 a month and continue at that rate as desired with no obligation. We can all use a little help sometimes to get through the difficulties of military life, and that's exactly the boost this program will give you. Sign up on my website, simplyresilient.net. I can't wait to work with you.